Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. It's a very unenviable position to be in as a Chelsea fan. You can't defend it, and you can't defend what's gone on. You can't defend any of it. And so whatever you say, it doesn't matter how bad you're feeling about it, people are going to say, well, it's not as bad as a war, and they're absolutely right. Of course, so, yeah, yeah. What can you say? No. <clears throat> I, uh, I think fans are developing a siege mentality, you know, a lot of them saying, oh, why are the other fans so gleeful about this? Well, that's what's... That's what you'd do if it was City. You'd do exactly the same thing. It's yes. what drives football supporting. It's schadenfreude. Yeah. Other fans are delighted about it. Other fans would love to see Chelsea go out of business completely, you know. And so you, they're going to have their moment where they take the mickey. You've got to, I don't think cheering his name is helpful at the moment. I mm. really don't. But are you? I mean, we just heard Fletch mm. say that the club asking for that not to happen. But you know, the other thing that football fans do, apart mm. from Shard and Ford, is double down. Yeah. Uh, and I would have fully expect them to be singing his name again at the they, weekend. They will. I, I just think it's. Uh, you know, I. I think he would have sold the club. It would have, he wouldn't have taken any money out of it. I think he would have done exactly what he said he was going to do. And I think the thing would have gone through. But the government decided to make it official, fine. But I think they've got to let the club be sold. Otherwise, you know, the club well, will look, go out of business. You've just spoken off air to Simon Jordan. Mm. And he's he's pretty well connected. And I, he should have allayed some of your fears. Where, I mean, because yeah. he did yesterday. But as any, he did on any, air, any fan would be worried. It's not a great position to be in, is it? You know, yeah. it, it isn't. And so uh, some of the things... Are very draconian. I mean, shutting the club shop. I'm not sure what that does. You know, it's not like Roman pops in for the petty cash. You're just going to hurt the people that work there. I think you've got to do things that hurt him, not the people who work yeah. for Chelsea. It's we just, did we did know. talk about this yesterday with Kieran Maguire that effectively the club could have still kept earning revenue, and that revenue would then go into a. a pot of money that he sees none of but he's there to hopefully yeah. benefit some of the victims in Ukraine well that's what Gabriel Marcotti said you know yeah. sell the, you know, if Chelsea do progress in the Champions League there's no point playing in front of an empty Stanford it just hurts the fans who've done no- nothing here you know sell the tickets and give the money to the Ukrainian refugee effort I think that's a much more sensible thing to do yeah. than to say well we're well, not look, selling any tickets you did you know? get that sense yesterday because you did see a, a bit of movement in what the government was saying certainly around the £20,000 travel allowance 
allowance. They're mm. all, you know, they, they, as we were saying to Kieran yesterday, it's completely unprecedented. You've got nowhere to go. So they come up with this ruling. It's pretty easy with all the other oligarchs mm. be, because they don't own a football club and all the knock-on effect yeah, of I that. I told you, Chelsea is a nice low-hanging fruit and high-profile. So, you know, that's why they're being well, punished I, in this that, way. That, but, you know, you know that, I, I don't think you can look at his situation as an oligarch with the others there and say, well, they're making, they're making an example of him more than they're making an example of any of the others. No. Well, they're not. Tuchel's in a good position. He's in the best position of any Chelsea manager in the past 20 years. Yeah. Well, he can't be sacked. Well, I mean... <laughs> he's done well. He's, he's, he's really spoke well and, you know... I think it, I think a lot of people have been suggesting that it shouldn't just be down to him to be front and centre. You're hearing nothing from upstairs. You're hearing nothing from the board. Mm. No, So, know. you know, he's been slightly hung out of dry, Thomas Tuchel being the spokesman for this. So, anyway, let's have I a look I suppose so, but then if you are somebody like Bruce Buck, you're so associated with him, so that's yeah. not easy either. Uh, Matthew Sider's accused Chelsea fans of being an unpaid army of Russian bots. I think that is absolutely ludicrous. Any cl- fans of any club, given this opportunity to have this 18, 19-year period, would have grasped it, would have taken it, and aren't that. You know, they're just not that. They're just football fans who love their club and didn't bother to question where the money came from. Fine. I mean, they they didn't, and so, <laughs> you know, but they... They that suffer the consequences make, of yeah, that now. They're suffering the consequences now. They're not unpaid Russian bots, are they? You know, they're really not. Anyway, uh, let's have a look at the football last night, because um, I think there was a couple of seismic results uh, yesterday evening, especially Leeds Villa. That sure. was a bit of a shocker, wasn't it, really? It's I terrible. Think people were expecting more, and uh, they are right in it, Leeds. That and the Everton results at Tottenham this week are real I proper red flags. I mistake the Leeds board made. I mean, this doesn't matter who whoever comes in and say, it never works that. And I think sticking with Bielsa and letting him get some players back would have been a much better idea. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Phillips and Cooper are that far off, are they? Yeah, Bamford got on last, last night. night yeah. So, yeah, you do feel that it could have been different. Eddie. I don't think they would have been in this situation had those three stayed fit. But Looks like Watford and Norwich had done, doesn't it? It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's that the, was... Pretty comfortable place. for you last night, wasn't it? it was, yeah. I mean, it was, the two-one. You made a slightly hard work of it, but yeah. then once the third went in, that was it. Yeah, and a weird old night. I don't know if Roy has told uh, our old mate Ben Foster to play out from the back. It seemed last <laughs> yeah. night that the decision was made mm. just to kind of keep it on the floor. Um, but yeah, it slightly backfired for it. Him. Did um, it was a anyway, poor result as well. Was a poor result. And the cricket. I mean, it's just you know. Honestly, so dispiriting as well. The hopeless they are, really. This, I've never seen a less penetrating England attack than, you know, I mean, that boy played well. Bonner, he did, you know, he batted with great concentration. I mean, 355 balls, but I mean, you know, it's, Joe Root's overuse of Mark Woods has caused an injury. He should call his uh, holiday home Dunwood in. Yes. Really. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, yeah. And did you like the Gimaresh goal? Were you impressed with that? The old uh, volleyed back heel? Yes, I told you. Last week, I saw him at Brentford a couple of weeks ago when he came on. I thought, yeah, he's obviously a really good player. Played yeah. a couple of lovely passes. And, uh, yeah, it'll be an interesting game, uh, the Battle of the Pariahs on Sunday. Yes. <laughs> and he's got... Ma- but the good thing is, though, he's got manager of the month, Eddie Howe, today, isn't he? So yeah. you know what normally happens after that. You'll no, go and give no, him a no, shoot. That'll be a tough game, I think. They're, yeah. they're playing well. They are playing well. They've got a head of steam up. But um, I wonder... Max Rushton has his uh, Sinclair spectrum doesn't he for overhead kicks yeah wonder where what he does for, what's he got for back heels you don't see many volleyed back heels we'll have to see where that one fits but uh, I see anyway. Ian the judge in the boxing uh, Ian John Lewis the yeah he's been downgraded is he going to have to have a closing downside I think he is never knowingly underscored <laughs> 
unknowingly underscored, though, clearly. <laughs> yeah, so he'll just go and do a few hall fights. I mean, yeah. how bad does he have to be that he starts doing bare knuckle and stuff like that? That's just, it goes, idea, is it, must really? have a few. Yeah, but that's what they do. This has happened before. That's what mm. happens. It's very similar to football referees. You know, they give you a couple of games in League Two. And I, I always think, think that's unfair. Yeah, you know, I think it's unfair on League Two managers. And we mm. don't want them stinking the place out. Why are you mm. sending them down here like we're some kind of punishment? Uh, anyway, and talking um, of Schadenfreude, yes. I, I did enjoy PSG going out. See, everybody does it. Yeah, it's in their DNA, isn't it? It's brilliant, isn't it? The way they do that every year. Yeah, it was a shocker. Julian Aron still shell shocked when we yeah, spoke to him yesterday. Uh, well done to Leicester. Delighted to see them stick it to Wren in the first leg. I hope they can finish it in the second leg. Of course, it Wren not quite so good when you actually have to play the games in Europe. <laughs> yeah, hey, so absolutely. Well, well done, Brendan and the boys. <laughs> uh, and good result for Rangers. That was a sensational performance. Very good. I watched a bit of that. Yeah. Uh, and West Ham, as the Moose was saying to us yesterday, just wants to keep go back to their place with the tie still alive. And they had good chances early on, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, could have uh, could have come away with a draw, but one nil is not too bad, I would say, especially as we got no away goals. So a decent night all round. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. It's 2.03, so England will be start their innings at 2.13. We've got a sweepstake going. Uh, Joe Root in by 2.20. You're going, let's have a look. <laughs> no, I think Joe Root will be in by, I'm going to go 2.35. You're going, you're going when? 2.20. 2.20. So you're giving our, uh, one Owners. of our opening batsmen... About seven minutes. Seven minutes and time for the first over. Any more takers next door? Look at the producer. <laughs> Sorry, two forty. Very optimistic, our producer <laughs> Bill on the decks. Have we got a time for twenty-seven? Two twenty-seven. Okay, fair enough. And Jamie, <laughs> our assistant producer, what are you going for? What's he? What's two fifteen? What two minutes? <laughs> uh, so that's a first, first baller. baller. That's <laughs> not good, is it? So so little. In our yeah, uh, cricket. What a surprise. Very poor. Anyway, Andy Zortzman will be here to preside <clears throat> over uh, an England yeah. uh, collapse. And uh, yes, the cr- cricket statistician <laughs> comedians popping in to see us there a little bit later on. 
I'm finally enjoying a lovely cup of tea in my TalkSport mug, beautiful old-fashioned yeah. China mug, which is a lot better than the new mugs that we've got. I've never seen anything like this. It, it keeps the tea so hot that you burn your hand even an hour later. Yeah. I mean, it's a bit something unnatural. We went to about, the... We went to the... the look, I think this set of mugs they've given us, they're like heat conductors. Yeah. So you can't physically hold them with your hand. I, these were a job lot from one of the apprentice teams, <laughs> don't you think? I think so. This week, says, uh, says Lord Sugar... <laughs> We're going to be making mugs. Everybody wants mugs now. Nobody wants disposable stuff. And this was like whichever team it was came it up with these mugs. Of the mug. It tasted disgusting. Take the skin off oh, your I hands. I don't know who bought those, but it anyway. was a mistake. Um, now, what was I going to say to you? It, it no will, idea. It, it will come back to me. Go on, carry on. In the meantime, until I think of it, you may have something else for us. You see the England uh, wives and girlfriends are to stay on a cruise ship for the World Cup. Oh, right. Or booze ship, as it's more likely to be, let's be honest. Yeah. That sounds nice. Where will that be? Do you know where it's going to be moored? Yes, off Doha. Oh, sorry, the World Cup. Oh, you're talking about uh, football. Cricket. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, football you're talking about. Uh, not football. Cricket. Yes, not <laughs> don't make it even more complicated. <laughs> Count Arthur Jacobs. Goodness. A lot of the talk sport listeners will be going to that World Cup. They'll be staying on cruise ships as well because they've said they don't want to build lots of... Uh, we'll hotels. probably be on a pedal. Lots, <laughs> lots, lots of white elephant <laughs> John uh, in a hotels. With John. That's it. Fantastic. <laughs> we'll be rowing into shore every day. Yeah, if selected, quite possibly. <laughs> uh, now the the talk sport mug uh, you're drinking from there. Yes. Uh, occasionally, beautiful. when I see somebody sipping from one of those, I think somewhere in, in Hollywood, mm. um, Ron Howard is making Ron Howard, his new yeah. film. Uh, and he's sipping from his talk sport mug because he came in to see us, didn't he, when yeah. Rush came out, the, the James Hunt, Nicky Lauder film, and he came into the studio and he had a cup mm. of tea while we were chatting. Well, he's a lovely guy, wasn't he? Very nice man. And yeah. uh, he, said, I, he said, I love these talk sport mugs. Can I take one? Yeah. And, uh, I think he's got a TalkSport 2 mug now. Head of he's mugs. We had on. to wrestle Callum to the ground because I think he wanted to charge him five quid for it. He did. But uh, in the end, in the end, we managed to give him a freebie. A we were, we said, look, it's Ron Howard. He's, you know, he's, you know, he's a Bollywood film. He just mm. wants to be, he'll tell all his friends. Yeah. There'll be loads of orders coming in from the likes of John, the John Hams of this world. Yeah, and the, the Fonz. And the Kirsten Dunsties of this world. Henry Winkler. Yeah, they'll all be, they'll all be getting in touch. But anyway... Um, yeah. Um, I don't know if they ever did sell more off the mm. back of it, but uh, in somewhere in, in Hollywood, there was a man drinking from a TalkSport mug. I've got one for you from the uh, Royal Column, the uh, Society Column in the Times. Yeah. Uh, the Duke of Gloucester, uh, patron of the Richard III Society. He's not in London, is it? Slang, is it? <laughs> Fantastic. I hope not. All the England cricket team, as they're now known, of course. Yeah. I don't think I'd want to be in any London thing called the Richard III Society. It's would not be, idea, this wouldn't it be good. What do they do then? I've I, no idea. He, he received Mr. Matthew Lewis, chairman. I've no idea. I didn't. I only put it in for that cheap joke. Okay, let's I want to find out. Look, you know, you you throw this this stuff about, but none of us know. Well, let's have a look. The Richard the Third Society. It must be something. I mean, yeah. I don't know what they do. Um, they sort of moan about winter, do they? Yeah. Uh, the Richard the Third Society. Let's have a look. Um, what sort of work they get up to? Um, probably interested in the car park. Richard the Third. Welcome to the website, the Richard the Third Society. Uh, blah, blah, blah. We've been working since 1924 to secure a more balanced assessment of the king and support research. Oh, so it's like... Um, they, so th- they think he got a, ba- he got a bad uh, press. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah. He got a bad... I'm going to join the Henry VII Society. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. And go along and trash the name of Richard III. But, uh, yeah, that's right. So that's what yeah. they do. They go out there... I mean, to be honest, I mean, it's mm. a good thing, but... 
Richard III is not going to get any benefit out of it. I mean, he doesn't not really. Well, no. look, thanks ever so much for your support, guys. <laughs> but you know, I'm long dead um, in a car park in Leicester. He you know? is basically. Yeah, that's right. And uh, if you ever read Alex James from Blur, he's become a sort of cheese maker, cheese monger, yeah, and not expert. A, a cheese monger. Is well, that, he's a cheese maker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah cheese monger. Yeah, he's been um, he's been on the show with us before. Yes. Right. Yeah. With that's his right, fine music that, that and food music. show. He yeah. Does, exactly. Yeah. But he's got some funny ideas about food. He's been writing about. Because there's been a controversy this week about uh, roast dinners. I think there was a place in one of the pubs in around Britain served this roast dinner that was mm. ridiculed. It didn't look particularly good. Um, he's saying he's running about roast dinners. His roast beef is the big one, utterly delicious. I agree with that totally. Yeah. He said to make a joint go further. I'm all for adding side meats. <laughs> really? Yeah. What's a side uh, meat, Andy? I don't know. Uh, pigs in blankets with turkey. Well, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Spicy chunks of chorizo with uh, chicken. But this one. I don't get. Uh, nobody will complain if you serve crispy, smoky bacon with your Sunday roast. Ooh. Well, I think the moose would fresh it up. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, and, that's uh, quite possibly. That's a really yeah. nice idea, really. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Tim without loss, but only just England. Although you were saying it, I've not seen it, Andy. It wasn't out. No, it was clearly a poor, not poor decision by the umpires. Okay, we, we one looked told you it was going down the legs. We side. all had a bit of a sweep earlier on uh, here on the show. Uh, Andy thought, how many? How long did you think? You'd I t- went two twenty-two. Two twenty-two. Joe Root would be batting. The only two of us still alive in this at the moment. Only still actually, alive. I'm not anymore. I said two thirty-five. Our producer who went two forty. Joe Root would be batting by. We don't have a great deal of faith in the openers. Let's see if our next guest comedian and uh, seasoned cricket statistician Andy Zortzman does. Good afternoon, Andy. Uh, hi, how are you doing? Well, well did, if, if you joined the sweep before England started batting, where would you have gone with, uh, uh, by which time Joe Root would be batting? <laughs> I'd have probably gone for something pretty similar, I think. <laughs> so I would also have uh, would also have lost it. I mean, it's been a tough time for England's, yeah. England's openers. I, I, I like to think that in many ways, England's cricket team have actually been performing a kind of long-form piece of satire over the winter. <laughs> and they've sent out a warning to the world. And we've seen how things have evolved. This year, they send out a warning throughout the tour of Australia through much of last summer and uh, at, at times already in the West Indies that things can collapse very, very quickly indeed. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, on those very rare occasions that the openers do put on a stand, I think there was one, you'll tell me, in the, in the ashes. There's normally a collapse as soon as there's a wicket. It doesn't really help. <laughs> yeah, what, what is, the, what is the, the high score by an England opening pair in, in living memory? Uh, Andy, is there, any, <laughs> is there any standouts that you can bring us? Uh, well, th- there was a couple last year, but Burns and Hamid, certainly at Headingley, after mm. they bowled India out for 70-odd, but on uh, about 130 from from memory. But but the the last few years have been sort of historically bad for England's openers. I mean, this is within the global trend of batting having been difficult generally over the last five or six years, although we're starting to see a few flatter pitches and, and bigger scores again. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, it, it's been very very difficult i think i mean that pitch in pakistan must have been brilliant for your records i mean a lot of records must have fallen there it was a mad test i mean if you want to turn people off test cricket that's the way to do it yeah it was a i mean an absolutely terrible pitch um pakistan yeah, but between them pakistan and australia had four of the top 15 ranked bowlers in the world 
and uh, yet only was it 14 wickets fell in the game. There was a run out. Australia between them took just three wickets. One of their worst ever games, and they've played over 800 Test matches. And you've got an outstanding bowling attack, one of their finest bowling attacks, and the pitch just totally and utterly neutralised them. So I mean, we used to see quite a lot of those games, sort of 10 or 15 years ago, and, and mercifully they've become rarer and rarer, but this was uh, an, an unwelcome mm. return to that kind of scoreboard grinding cricket. On a PR, on the PR front, if England hadn't laboured the fact, if they just dropped a couple of notable players and just said, yeah, but they've been talking about, uh, you know, this is a reset, this is a reboot, so they've dressed it up, and it reminds me of that bit <laughs> in Spinal it. Tap, where yeah. David St. Hubbins <laughs> takes to the stage and says, this is a new birth of Spinal Tap, Jazz Odyssey. Did, did Derek Smalls, he wrote this, or in this case, Craig Over, and he bowled this. It does, it does feel a bit like that. I think they've, they've over-pitched it a little bit. <laughs> yes, I mean it's not often you get the England cricket team compared to, to Spinal Tap, but I think it's, it's entirely, entirely valid. Uh, they don't have quite the hair that Spinal Tap had in their uh, their glorious heyday, of course. Um, but, but yeah, I mean it was it was curious. I I would have thought the main priority would be just to try and get a a, a victory, even a match victory, let alone a series series victory. And uh, I would have thought that the Broad, probably Broad and Anderson, would have been the best way. To, to achieve that, uh, I can also understand the extent to which they have to try and at last plan for the future. But at the same time, although Anderson and Broad are both old, they're also fit and they don't play a lot of cricket. So it's not like they're being worn out in the way that old cricketers were, just kind of grinding it out on the county circuit. They don't play one-day cricket anymore. Both of them have had you know highly productive times since they became test specialists. Both their one-day careers sort of ended around about 2015. So... Uh, yeah, I mean, I think with sports science as it is, we see it in a lot of sports, particularly tennis, uh, which is you know a highly a physically attritional sport. Players playing longer and longer, deep into their thirties. Roger Federer even going you know, pretty strong up until his recent injury, around about forty. So, I, I and I would be surprised if Anderson doesn't have some time left in him. Having having worked with him on Test Match Special a bit, I slightly get the feeling that he'd play until he was about 80 if he could. So. Yeah, I'm sure they'll be back in the summer when, you know... I think there are some... I mean, there's a few people around them that, mm. I mean, that doubt that they will get back in. I mean, you wonder... If, if Wood and Archer were fit, you yeah. wouldn't need them because you'd have two fast bowlers. Yeah, whether it, this does sort of drive them into the arms of, of, of commentary because, as you say, you know, you're standing there in an April afternoon... Freezing cold drizzle, uh, you know, at uh, Trent Bridge. Stuart Broad might think, I'm not sure I want to carry on doing this. <laughs> yeah, well, well, yeah, he might go into music with his uh, with his missus. Yeah, like, he got yeah. tired as well. <laughs> yeah. Did you enjoy, uh, do you like a sort of attritional effort like in Krumah Bonner? 123 off 355 balls. That's it's quite a feat of concentration. Uh, yes, in the right context. I mean, I think it, it, it was a very good innings for the most part, and I thought maybe they were a, a little passive towards the end uh, yesterday when they could have maybe tried to drive home the advantage a bit. But as it is, they got themselves into a good position where they're unlikely to lose and have a chance of, of forcing a victory. But uh, I think broadly it was a, it was an outstanding innings. He's a n- nice player to watch, what a sort of classical elegant player um, uh, who uh, was uh, you know, has, has come through late as a number of West Indian players have. Shamar Brooks similarly had had a, uh, before he came back into the test side two or three years ago, had a sort of long and unproductive first-class career. And it's quite interesting that we've seen that the scoring in West Indian first-class cricket has been very low for quite a long time, but some of these bat, uh, batters are now starting to come through in their sort of, um, late 20s and early 30s and having quite a productive time in test cricket.
Now, you are touring at the moment, Andy, with your Satirist for Hire uh, show. I am. Mm. And yes. uh, you you are in, where are um, we? You're, tonight you're in Birmingham, I see. Yes, I am. I've just arrived in Birmingham. I'm playing the Glee Club uh, tonight. Uh, then uh, next week I've got uh, Cheltenham, Maidenhead, Aldershot and Nottingham uh, for, from from memory. So, and Leicester. Uh, yeah, You've got, don't forget Leicester. Why are we seeing you at Thursday. Cheltenham if you're in Cheltenham? Yeah. <laughs> He's not with, he, he can't make it oh. during the day. Uh, on Monday, and uh, yeah, we're, yeah. We're, we're not going. Our paths aren't going to cross in Cheltenham, unfortunately. You had to get off on the road again rather than have a day's racing. Are you a racing man, Andy, or not? I'm. I'm. I'm not. No, I've. 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 I've been once, and I. I, I didn't quite. I didn't get into it to be honest. But I, I appreciate that. Uh, you know, other people were. It's well. It's just not my cup of tea, uh, to be honest. <laughs> not but, enough um, stats. Yes, yes, yes. Well, <laughs> sure, yeah, quite of stats, a lot of stats in here. Yeah, 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 yeah. You have the horses, granddad and grandmother who they were. And things <laughs> are like there that. other sports? I mean, the thing is, you could make quite a lot of money from uh, as a man who knows his stats. You know, and, and that could be quite Baseball lucrative. Stats heavy because it's like yeah, cricket. Of course, it is. But in yeah. racing, it could be very lucrative for you, Andy. I don't know if cricket is. I don't know if your knowledge of stats. It's quite difficult to predict, though, isn't it? Really. Well, there's a difference between stats of things that have happened and predicting what is going to happen yes. and, uh, yeah. my record is at best uh mixed so um, <laughs> how, how was australia because you did get to go out there didn't you uh yes yeah well it was it was a, a curious time to be there they mm. sort of had a fairly significant covid spike while we were there there are a number of cases in the the, the media um crew so it, it was a you know a curious time to be there but it was a kind of lifelong dream of mine to go and follow an ashes tour ideally there would have been more actual cricket um because i mean some of those games really lasted a uh, shamefully short amount of time and in fact the whole series was less than half as long as uh, one of the Ashes, I think the 1924-25 Ashes really? series, when England wow. still got hammered. But they got they at least gave people more days of cricket along the yeah. way. Imagine if they were still doing six weeks on a boat to get there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would t- they should have made them come back on the boat. That would have shown yeah. them, wouldn't it? Anyway, yeah. Andy, lovely to talk to you as always. Um, AndyZortsman.co.uk, all the details of the tour and where you can buy your tickets. And we will catch up with you soon. Enjoy the rest of the test. Great. Thanks very much. Cheers. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. A pretty respectable three minutes past three before Joan Root ventured out to bat. So I think we probably would have taken that. <laughs> Honestly. Anyway, clips of the week coming up in the final hour. But that music, of course, signals the arrival of uh, squad number nine, uh, Martin Kellner, with his week of sport on TV. Good afternoon, Martin. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. Yeah. Um, yeah, starting on a program that um, well, you two will know the uh, will know the author of this program. It's Frank Skinner on yeah. Muhammad Ali. Wow. Uh, mm. Yeah, it's on the BBC iPlayer. It expires March the thirtieth, so you've got a couple of weeks uh, to watch this, and it's terrific. It really is. I mean, it's as much about uh, about Frank as it is about Muhammad Ali. And those uh, when Muhammad Ali was still Cassius Clay in the nineteen sixties. And uh, Frank Skinner was a little boy in his house in uh, Oldbury. You know, his dad would wake him up in the middle of the night and say, come on, it's time for the Cassius Clay fight. It was (laughs) those fights against lists and everything. And he he talks a lot about how he um, how he sort of um, his father, what these days would be called father and son bonding. It Mm. wasn't in those days, but um, talks about a little kitchen in his house in Oldbury and sitting there listening to the boxing on the radio and then goes on a journey 
to uh, to famous places associated with uh, with Muhammad Ali, um, which you know it's great. The thing is, often you see travelogues on the telly, and these mm. days it's usually a comedian or an actor who goes on the uh, goes on the journey, and it's all about them. Mm. It's not about you know <clears throat> you get uh, Sue Perkins and Miriam Margolis yeah. go up the Orinoco. Well, you won't see. <laughs> I'd watch it, Mrs. Yes, well, yeah. somebody just written that in the margin of ITV. You know, you do realise that you'll see no money for it, Martin. Well, that's a shame, isn't it? Um, it was one of the one of the more out there uh, Wombles programs. But anyway, um, I had to. I had to. Yeah, it was a tapping, wasn't it? It was Clive Allen from Five Yards. Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. No, I mean, but with Frank and you'll know him because obviously you work for work with him for years. Mm. Um, you really do want to know those. Uh, you want to get his take on it, and he's clearly a huge fan. He starts off the show by saying, "I love boxing. It's competition stripped down to." absolute basics and he talks about how he met um, Muhammad Ali briefly and then he goes well first of all he goes obviously to Louisville Kentucky where Muhammad Ali grew up in sort of almost what you'd call middle class circumstances Mm. you know it certainly looks probably classier than Oldbury in the West Midlands to be honest Uh, as as, uh, Frank says you know Muhammad Ali's not a street fighter you Mm. know not tough they all say you've got to be like a hungry boxer he says I'm not sure uh, Ali was hungry uh, maybe slightly peckish which uh, was, a, was a great line and then he goes on uh, the Muhammad Ali tour so you're sort of a little bit um, uncertain with these things because you think well these it's almost like Disneyland you know what I mean yeah. uh, these are people who I suppose uh, it's almost a career isn't it being Muhammad Ali rememberists if you like he get, obviously visits his brother Rahman Ali and talks about the um, the famous story of him of Ali throwing his gold medal in the Ohio River mm. um, after uh, a racist incident uh, in Kentucky uh, one thing I didn't know so a lot of it is familiar from other Ali documentaries but it's good to get Frank Skinner's uh, take on it I didn't realize that Muhammad Ali was in a, a Black Power musical um, oh, on Broadway in 1969 called Buck White. And they had somebody from, yeah, yeah 1969 musical, Buck White, uh, sort of, of black. No, I've never heard of it. Uh, apparently closed very soon. Apparently it was, it was dreadful, as you <laughs> might imagine. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so that was one sort of new bit. There was a lot of stuff about, and I don't know whether you were familiar with the Paddy Monaghan story, um, the guy who uh, wrote to uh, wrote to Nixon about uh, Muhammad Ali's, uh, you know, when he was uh, imprisoned, mm. um, and asking, and, and they became friends, Paddy oh. Monaghan, who lived in a council house in Oxfordshire, oh. uh, which Muhammad Ali visited like about a dozen times. So there's, yeah, it's interesting bit. Sounds good. Yeah, it's great. Download it it, and watch it. Certainly, it's great. It it really is. Frank's done some very good. He did a very good one on 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 Elvis as well. Another one of his great loves, of course. And he's Mm. made. He does bring these to life. He's very good at them. So I I, I should check that. You've also been watching Lennox Lewis this week. I understand. Yeah, this is this is a long program. It's a two-hour documentary on uh, Sky Documentaries. Um, which again is quite good. Um, I like his, uh, Violet Lewis, his uh, his wife, obviously, uh, describes uh, Lennox Lewis as an onion. Oh. And I thought well, that's interesting. Um, I don't know why he was an onion. But we're talking layers. Are we talking layers? I think we're talking layers. Yeah. I think that's what she was <laughs> talking Violet about. Is mother. 
Is his mother or his wife? No, his mother begins with a V as well. Oh, I yeah, think right. it's Viola, his mother, I think. Right, okay. I can't remember the name. She's in the show as well. I mean, everybody you want to see is in the show. The history's there. There's some, um, you know, the, the, there's lots of good uh, good boxing sequences in it. Mm-hmm. I was a bit upset they describe Lennox as being born in the impoverished East End of London, but right. it's an American take on it. OK, um, so, yeah, you know, it's the West, the West Ham fan and you got upset about that, I take it. I got a bit upset, the impoverished East <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, mean I, I suppose at the time Lennox was born, obviously it was, mm. um, and he, we hear about his uh, childhood, which was uh, which was very grim in the impoverished East End of London. Mm. Um, Twelve kids, the mother had, the husband wasn't there, the dad turned up, uh, it was quite a well-known story, he sort of turned up once and uh, Lennox saw him for about five minutes and then he dif- disappeared. Obviously the mum went out to Canada to earn some money as a nurse. Mm. He was left with... Uh, Miss Baker, um, Miss Baker, who was, um, as he describes it, real mean, and she used oh, to beat him and everything. It sounded God. awful. Wow. In and out of homes after that. You know, mm. I think she was uh, hitting him and then he just left and he ended up in a, a variety of homes and then I uh, went to Canada where, you know, his potential was spotted, etc. And oh, it sounds uh, good. He busted you. It is good. Yeah. Um, I thought Miss Baker, he described this, this dreadful woman who looked after him when his mum went to Canada as Miss Baker. And the only th- thing I could think of was Ma Baker, which was a yeah. song by Boney, Boney M. Boney M, yeah, yeah. I she, well, they were both called Violet. His wife's called Violet, his mother's called Violet. Wow. And it's out of interest, yeah. I got this from Wikipedia, all his children have uh, are LLs. Ah, OK. He's not quite gone down the George Foreman like George route. Foreman, yeah, yeah. And just very quickly, Martin, we may be out of time. Do you want to leave this till next week? Because it deserves leave more time. Leave it till time. next week. Leeds yeah, United. it's on Amazon Prime. It's a yeah. Leeds United doco. Uh, yeah. Going back to when they uh, went up from the second division into the first division. Obviously, the last uh, the last champions. Mm. Of the first we'll, division. we'll look at that in a bit more detail next week. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Just checking with Guy Swindles watching uh, the first test in Antigua. Guy. England going along very steadily. We're in the 20th over of their second innings and they're 49 for one. Zach Crawley's played really nicely. Possibly could have been given out. Well, he was given out before he had scored. He overturned that LBW shout on review and has now moved on to 32, including five excellent boundaries. Joe Roots looked pretty steady as well. He's gone on to double figures now. He's just reached 10. Moments ago, though, worrying moment. The ball kept very low as it shot past Joe Roots' bat. He gave a grin at the time, but he won't be smiling if that one is actually on the stumps next time it happens. So uh, just signs that the pitch is breaking up a little but a solid start in their second innings for England 49 for one 15 runs behind thanks very much guy mm. time then to bring you um the non-sporting tv yes, this lovely. weekend if you mm. want to take in a, a bit of standard telly and as always brighton supporting uh, star tv columnist mike ward uh, joins us. Good afternoon, Mike. Afternoon, guys. Uh, you entertain, as we say uh, in uh, football circles, <laughs> yes. the mighty Liverpool tomorrow. Don't yes, you? I yes. think it'll be a breeze. Um, He's I'm Webster gonna... back here. That's been the problem for Brighton, hasn't it? Well, it's been one one of the, a number of problems. Mm. Actually, uh, no, I don't think he is back. Um, I think I, I'm going to I'm going to do the old cliche of we'll raise our game, you know, against <clears> a, a team like Liverpool. Uh, it started off being a bad day at the office, didn't mm. we? Talked about losing against Burnley. 
It's been a bad month at the office, and we all know what those are like. So um. it's, it's the first of the game day uh, matches yeah. for us here on Talksport from twelve thirty. Yeah, nice early yeah. one. Yes. Hope it doesn't rain. Um, we're going to kick off then the non-sporting telly with the return of Grantchester. Oh, I'm a fan. You're like yes. you're a big fan. Mm, no, I love yeah. Grantchester. I do. Yeah, I think it's it's one of those dramas that gets the uh, the balance right, doesn't it? Between the kind of the, 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 the whimsical, but not so sort of whimsical that it's twee and irritating, uh, and the sort of slightly edgier murder mystery aspect, which doesn't you know, go too far. Set in the 1950s, 1959, the story now. Robson Green and uh, Tom Brittany playing mm. uh, his, his, his sleuthing vicar pal. And the story, the opening episode of this new one, uh, Robson Green's character, D.I. Geordie he's got a new boss. And the new boss doesn't seem to quite understand why there's a vicar on the scene. Oh, yeah. You know, so they Tell go... Tell about and... Father Brown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he just doesn't have the hat. Um, but yeah, he's it, it, a little confused, as we, as you would be. But it, mm. so that's obviously being setting us up for this slight conflict between uh, Geordie and his new, somewhat straight laced jobs worth of, of a boss. So um, right, that's okay. Crufts is on, isn't it? Yeah, I saw about oh, it last night. Yeah, you, you like you like Crufts. I like the Sunday. I like the finals. I'm, I'm, you don't like yeah. you really don't like the semi-finals. We yeah. saw you know we only we only interested no, in best in show. Typical Chelsea fan. <laughs> Nobody remembers the losing dog in the semi-final, do they? I do feel for them. You get down to the eight dogs they had one last night, and then after they go around, they walk up and shake the hand of the person. You know, those other four people. I wonder yeah. if they they should bite the bloke. Of course not. Uh, no, I don't mean that. But yeah. uh, halfway no. through that sentence, you thought, "Oh, I'm not going to say." That. Oh no, you yeah, said no, I've said it's it. too late now. They won't, of course. <laughs> yeah. After well, we him, quite like the sport as well. It's usually is it Jim Rosenthal doing the commentary? He often does. Uh, I don't think it is. No, yeah. it's not. Jim's not doing it. And no. the fly ball. I love oh, yeah. the. You know, yeah. Which is the that's the relay, isn't it? That's the running, yeah, like the yeah. sporty bits. I'd like to try that. So <laughs> uh, hilarious. Eight o'clock, Channel Four. Yeah, um, day two. To, uh, that's um, tonight, isn't it? Now tomorrow, Killing Eve. Yeah. yeah, episode two of the fire. I mean, I've got me this. I gave up with this. I started I watching. I like it. Andy's Andy's hardcore. He's he's going to watch it to the bitter end. But I I, did, I, I gave up after say, sort of midway series two. I thought I oh. gave up after ten minutes of last. I, I've always liked it, but. Mm. Um, I'll just say one word: the cat. Oh, okay. Right, the I'll cat. My wife, cat. my wife said, "Right, that's it. I'm going. I'm leaving. There. I'm not watching this series ever again." And she's well, I have to say, there hasn't been any more than one episode, but <laughs> she's never going to watch it again. I must admit, I was quite. But it's you know, at a time when we get warnings about everything, mm. you know, you know, here are some distressing scenes. Here are some violent scenes. Here are some, you know, if you go on some of the streaming channels to get warnings of people smoking in programs, yeah. you know, kind of. But they never warn you about the um, the animal thing. The, no. I get do. genuinely quite upset about that. Oh, oh, they do. What, I, I like. I found on Talking Pictures TV they're showing the old rump hole of the. Oh, yes, really. very good. They're fantastic. Yeah. They really yeah, are. But they have good. so many warnings before the start. <laughs> of the show. Yeah. Yes, we know it was made in 1978. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Queen, so that's Killing Eve, 9:15, yes. BBC One tomorrow, 9:15, Channel Five, Queens of Mystery. What's this? Yeah, this is interesting. Oh, yeah. This is this is a, um, this is, <clears throat> has been on Acorn TV, the streaming service, Ooh. for a couple of years. Channel Five have now bought, brought it up. Bought, bought it up. Hmm. Um, it's um, it's a very sort of uh, self-deprecating, tongue-in-cheek type of uh, murder mystery. Uh, uh, Sarah Woodward's Siobhan Redmond and Julie Graham play these three sisters who are sort of like crime writers who help their niece, who's a proper police police um, detective sergeant, to solve various murders. Uh, they sort of think they know best because of their sleuth their sleuthing experience or, the, or whatever. So there's a kind of conflict between the, the, the you know the real person doing the job and the people who who sort of base everything on their own fictional expertise. But it's it's very sort of. Um, 
again, it's got that balance between sort of being uh, whimsical and tongue-in-cheek, but not mm. so much so that it drives you potty. And, and right. it's written by um, Julian, or created, I should say, by Julian and Thank, who, who uh, is behind Dot Martin, New Tricks, and various other things. So mm. if you un- I like the kind of tone of that... Mm. This ticks the box. And just time for one on Sunday, a new quiz show. Daro Breen has got a yeah. show called One and Six Zero. Six o'clock on Channel Four, but you could win a million quid. You could. I suspect Good you're Lord. probably not going to. I, I, I did actually try and watch a little bit of this last last night, um, yeah. and I, I, I got distracted slightly, and I thought, oh, hang on, what? So you lose a zero off the end of your 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 pot of money yeah. if you get a question wrong, and then you add another zero, and that question's basically you're not going to win a million quid. I think mm. that's the that's the the general yeah. gist of it. But technically, you could if you're a genius. I've never really watched Danny Dyer's The Wall, but I just caught a bit at the end of it. Someone <clears throat> won 123 grand the other yeah, week. Yeah, it was they? big Amazing. money, as, yeah. as Max used to say. Yeah. And I, I wasn't sure whether I was going to watch one and six zeros until your last line in this in in the preview, where you say mm. the first episode features a team from Durham. <laughs> well, okay. That, that was the clincher for me, <laughs> yeah, Mark. I thought that, that was do it. Second you episode is Chelsea fans hoping to win the million. Quid. That was the clincher. <laughs> uh, Chris Daguna tells us Jim Rosenthal is commentating on Crufts again this year I, I, I don't think I heard Jim's voice last night oh, I would have noticed no, it no no he does the sport bit oh no, okay sport, right yeah, I see. thank the, you Chris for filling bit. this in um, so there's your non-sporting telly Mike enjoy the game tomorrow I will very much and so and we'll catch up with you next week thanks Cheers, very guys. much you've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4pm on Talk Sport Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.